<laughs> Happy Halloween Happy sauce. Happy Halloween sauce. <laughs> it's our secret spooky sauce. Our spooky sode. Our spooky sode. Spooky <gasps> That's cute. That's the title. The spooky sode. Spooky sode 2022. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, happy Halloween. <laughs> so, in honor of today's festivities, yes. we are going to tell you some scary stories from Reddit. Oh! Mainly Alyssa's going to, and she's going to scare me because I haven't heard these. Yeah, I'm going to try and scare I'm living you. life through our audience right now. I know. Just pretend that it's darker in here. We yeah. try to make it as dark as possible to like get the mood. So if you're on YouTube, uh, I recommend if you're little, not, do it. We have a spooky setup here. We have a setup. We have, like, we have um, candles behind us. We have a Goal. An obsidian orb. We have an obsidian orb. We're going to be doing sacrifices uh, <laughs> for. Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, because my husband is the nearest thing, that is the, the closest male that will be sacrificed. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's always To got. the Halloween gods today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we we uh, we're going to be telling some stories from Reddit from r slash no sleep. Um, which is a popular thread of true creepy stories that are unexplained. Ooh. True is all I need to know. And I'm going to do my best um, acting to scare because I really yeah, want to spook going to happen. Oh, you yeah. wanted to plug that other podcast? Yes, too? okay. So there's my favorite podcast at this point, if I'm being honest, what do I listen to the most, is um, a paranormal and spooky ghost story podcast called... Um, two girls, one ghost, and they—they've been around for years. They're one of the biggest podcasts in like the paranormal realm, and all. Of, so they have some episodes where they research specific, you know, things like there's like a lost colony of Roanoke that's like, you there's and just like a haunt. You know, they'll they'll research like a famous haunted place or. But my favorite episodes are the encounters episodes where they have. I mean, they have thousands of emails that they people write in with their experiences and. Oh my God. These are like 45 minute long episodes where they each go into their email and select a few to read. And then they read their listeners stories. And when I tell you, and these are obviously real, like people wrote these in and it's not, it's part of the reason I'm like everything. I I'm a full believer in this stuff, but also like, these are stories from people all around the world from the last, I think their podcast has been going five or six years, but um, you know, it's one thing if there's like a podcast with two people who, tell their own experiences or things that they've heard of, or they are believers. So they just like, you know, it's even if they're telling true stories, it's still centered around them. But when you have people writing in and sharing these stories, everything from like the most bone chilling and creepy shit to really heartwarming experiences with loved ones who have passed to just like bizarre, inexplainable to kids, people's kids who have said things or done things or experienced things. Um, people's grandpa, I mean, it is unreal. And I will just, I, telling you like two girls one ghost listen to this podcast for all you will ever need in the paranormal Ugh. oh it's amazing I gotta listen to it amazing um, another one that we love is we were just talking about spooked mm -hmm. snap judgment spook spooked it's not oh it is recording it's just <laughs> i was so... going slow yeah no it's just zoomed way out so it barely moves and it's cool it's cool i thought 
I was like, no. Oh, no. No. The ghosts have <laughs> infiltrated. The they know we're talking here. about Oh, them. on the Two Girls, One Ghost podcast, they actually have an episode that I've never listened to because I do believe in this stuff, and so I'm not trying to test fate, but their episode 12, I believe it is, they went into... Um, a specific demon and like a <gasps> oh my god researching so it and everything and there that was years ago that was beginning of with their podcast and over the last five or six years they have had countless listeners and people write in of that episode they they're convinced at this point that that episode is actually haunted and you need to listen at your own risk because a lot of people who have listened have had experiences afterwards or in the midst of listening to it um and is enough over the last five years that it's like, we're pretty sure episode 12 is like, Oh no. Attached to something. Mm. And I won't listen to it. And I, I used to not listen to those things like in my own apartment, I would only listen to them in the car. But then I was like, well, I definitely don't want any bad energy in me w with me when I'm in the car. Cause then I could just like get in a car accident and whatever, whatever. So, you know, I like, and my space is protected, whatever. I sound like a crazy person right now. But when you listen to these stories, like, this shit is real. Oh, I believe it's it. It's so good. So after this, please listen to Two Girls, One Ghost, Spooked, Snap Judgment. Yes. Um, really scary stuff. Oh, also, I'm in a wig. Yeah. Oh, also, if you guys are looking and you're like, who is that? Is that Alyssa or is that Nicole Kidman? It is Nicole Kidman. Sometimes heartbreak <laughs> feels good in a place like this. What is that from? Oh, we're just doing it. The other? Okay, so AMC. No, but I will do that next. Um, AMC, uh, before every movie you see at AMC, it's Nicole Kidman doing this like whole thing where she's like, oh. the movies, they're so my amazing. <laughs> and and like really? all this poetic stuff about being in the movies. Yeah. At all AMC theaters in LA? Yeah. every uh, Oh, across the country. <laughs> oh. It's every movie starts with um, Nicole Kidman doing this thing about like <laughs> AMC movies are, they're just that. better here. Yeah. Um, and it's like a meme now with people that they just do it like, and it's like merch that says, oh. sometimes heartbreak feels like we just went, oh my God, we just went to the movies. We saw Barbarian. Is it good? So I really want to see, is it scary? Is it, it was touted as the scariest movie in years. I, which I think before that, if that is the scariest one, Hereditary is up there for me. Heredit There's nothing going to be scary Hereditary. Hereditary. But, um, oh I God. will say because I, you know, like yourself, I'm a horror, horror and horror connoisseur. Mm -hmm. I'm a horror whore. <laughs> I'm a horror. I'm a horror whore. <laughs> yes. And um, it takes a lot to scare me. It wasn't that scary mm -hmm. to me. Um, it's more fun. Oh, okay. It's just a good ride. Okay, um, so there's the twists good. and turns. It's unpredictable. Um, but people, I mean, like, there was some jump scares where I'm like, ah! Yeah. But, like, it wasn't like, I've I've been, yeah. like, I can't even look. The, hereditary, this one, no. there was the... the oh, no. Um, um, there's the only time that a scene has... Which one? Um, the one in the kitchen where the mom is all of a sudden speaking in, in the middle of the night, they are, goes into the kitchen with her son and the oh, yeah, dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden... She's like talking in this, and it's uh, what's her name, Colette. Tony Colette. Tony Colette. She's amazing. She's so amazing, and she can look creepier than anyone I've ever known. And she all of a sudden is talking in a little voice like her daughter's. Like, oh yeah. Oh, what do you mean? Like I, the first time I watched that, I was laying in bed at home by myself in the dark. To be fair, I, well, I don't know why theaters. I did that. Um, but oh. I that was the first time I remember experiencing instant. My eyes welled up instantly out of fear. Like I, I, brought, yeah. I was brought to tears of fear in yeah. that moment, in that scene. And I've never before or since had that happen. Oh yeah. 
Um, my my the scariest moment for me was the end. Was yeah, was that was the mom on the yeah. Ooh, ah! no, 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 no. Oh yeah, that was talking. Have you seen Pearl? No, it's out I now. want I to. Either, and I was. We have to go see something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scr- uh, smiles, another one that people I haven't seen that either. I know they're saying that one's good. Where people are just smiling. Oh. Oh my God. There's guys. Two girls, one ghost. <laughs> You guys are watching YouTube right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> if there are two girls, one ghost, you have to go listen to this shit. If you want ghost stories, listen to it when I'm in the shower. <laughs> Alyssa, you are creeping me out and you haven't even told the story. Okay, we're going to get into it. Okay. Um, what was I fuck? I feel like I, I, was, I was talking about going to the movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, thank you. Oh, yeah, Alyssa's wearing a wig. Wearing a wig. Yes, that's that was, we, the- that was the point. <laughs> and in conclusion... <laughs> God, okay. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Are you ready? So, settle in. <laughs> okay. This first story is called I found a disturbing yoga stream. If I stop watching, I can't save her. Uh, a disturbing what? Yoga stream. That? Yoga, like a someone's broadcast like a yoga like a Oh, a stream like okay, online. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, like YouTube. Okay, ready? Yeah. She called it yoga for one. I found her stream a month ago during a rare confluence of self-disdain and spare time that collided into something resembling motivation. Tucked between the kickboxing classes and the home gym meatheads was her thumbnail. It caught my eye. It was a simple shot of her face so near to the camera that I could count the freckles. Her teeth are a little too large for her mouth and her nose ever so slightly crooked. I've never been the type of guy to consider yoga, but I tuned in, and in a matter of seconds, I was entranced. The girl was in her living room, a haphazard misen scene, the floor speckled with sad little plants and stack of magazines. (laughs) She posed with her hands on the floor and her hips thrust in the air, her butt perched in the center of the screen. I decided to stay a while. (laughs) I had no yoga mat, so I laid out on a towel. It was difficult to follow along. She talked a lot, and only a fraction of it was about the routine. Press your heels together and bend your head to your feet, breathing deeply. My feet smell like peaches and cream today. Makes me want to gobble them up. I love summer peaches. I love biting into them and the feeling the juicy rupt in my mouth. It reminds me of a time when and I fell into the meditative quagmire woven by her words, inhaling the scent of my own socks, failing to notice she'd moved into a different pose. After a while, my muscles trembled with the effort of supporting my soft body in these unfamiliar positions, so I called it a day. It was then that I noticed it. Subscribers. One. That was me. I was the only one watching. I felt an inexplicable flood of guilt when I closed the browser like I was abandoning her. I checked back into her channel the next few afternoons. It was the strangest thing. She was always streaming. She was either unaware of my presence or apathetic to it. Her rambling so freewheeling that they approached random word associations didn't seem to change whether I was there or not. She was often mid-sentence when I logged in. She was flirty in a way that made it clear that she wasn't trying to be, charmingly raw in her tendency to fumble instructions. Curiosity overwhelmed me. 
I yearned to discover more about this fascinating creature. Her movements drew me in like she was grasping at me through the screen. I marveled at the feelings of being her silent voyeur. I developed more comfort with the basic poses, though. I still couldn't get my hands anywhere near my toes. Too soon, she notched up the level of difficulty. She eased herself into the splits. Each leg outstretched, her toes pointed at perfect right angles. I tried my best to replicate the pose, my groin protesting the, pr the pressure. Each day, she pushed a little farther. She curved her spine sharply behind her, a graceful arc. She lifted her back leg high into the air at an angle that seemed to wrench her hip out of place. I forced my body into the closest approximations of her geometry that my tendons would allow. My teeth gritted against the sharp warnings issued by my nerves. At night, I dreamed that she was breaking my joints, cracking my limbs into the clean shapes that she maintained so effortlessly. One day, she twisted her arms so far behind her that I felt sympathetic pain and folded herself up so that her bent legs swooped around her shoulders, touching her toes behind her neck. She smiled at the camera, demurely, politely. You want to see me bend into a pretzel, don't you? She asked. That was the first time she addressed me. This is weird. I would forget to eat. I'd wake up on the couch having dozed off and she would be murmuring about pomegranates while her forehead brushed her knees. Did she sleep? Did she eat? I saw no evidence of it. Each time I moved, my body ached with the memory of being stretched to its limit. I was spending 10, 12, 14 hours a day on her stream. What? She spoke to me frequently. I know you've been watching me. I think you like watching me. How far do you want me to twist for you? I have chills. The fluid shifting of her body into, into vertices and curves and delicate polygons was hypnotizing. I was getting lost in the light of flickering flame as it swirled into different patterns. I was working myself into something more pliable, molding myself into something like her image. It's difficult to pinpoint the moment she went too far. It was more like the creep of quicksand that any one single point, than any one single point. She would lie on her back and lift herself on the palms of, and soles of her feet, her torso thrusting at the ceiling like she was something from the exorcist. She would inch her hands and feet closer together, folding her body backwards on itself until she was nearly split in half. And then she would skitter forward until the whites of her eyes flooded the screen, Ugh. scaring me so much that I jumped! Not not skitter forward. And she would laugh <laughs> as if she made a joke. She would twist her head like an owl and thrust it between her thighs, always blinking at the screen. Always smiling like we were sharing some inside secret like I was in on the sly conspiracy, she said. You like this, don't you, Mr. Smith? My foldable pocket toy? What? Smith is a very common last name. There was a non-zero chance she'd guess correctly, but this freaked me out enough to slam the laptop shut, shattering the image of her toothy smile. Wait, so it wasn't his, like, YouTube username or whatever? But sure. It, oh, my God. I tried to resume normal life, but I had almost nothing to fill my time except television, social media, and filling out applications for jobs I'd never want to work. A strange sensation tickled at me. Like something was wrong, like I was forgetting something. 
a powerful and powerful waves of guilt, the same guilt I felt when I closed her stream the first day I'd found her. I tried not to. I, I really, really tried to stay away, but the urge overwhelmed me. So I returned. For the first time, she wasn't on screen when I logged in. I peered closer at the scene, seeing the familiar yoga mat on the ground, the coffee table, the magazines. There was a soft noise coming from just off screen, a muffled noise, irregular and halting, a human voice. I turned the volume all the way up and I couldn't tell if it was laughter or crying. Feeling sick, I closed the screen. This brings us to yesterday. I had spent countless hours thinking about her, wondering what she was doing, whether she was still telling stories to her invisible visitor. I logged in. Her eyes filled the webcam's field of vision so suddenly that I scrambled backwards. And that sound echoing around the walls of her apartment and mine, and it was now clear that it was a sound of misery. Her moan was wordless, and her face backed away. I saw why. Her bare foot was stuffed halfway in her mouth, her jaw nearly unhinged to accommodate it, the ball wedged between her teeth. Tears were streaming down her face, pooling around the corners of her outstretched lips. Her arms were folded behind her, and her other leg was tucked under the first. She was struggling, and I realized that she was stuck. She was trapped in that position, a twisted ball of limbs and strained joints, unable to speak. I stared slack-jawed at the screen, and her eyes met mine, seeming to blink in recognition. The force of her sobs crescendoed. In relief, I wasn't sure. I had no idea what to do. I didn't know her name or where she lived. I didn't even know for sure if, if that she was in the same country. So I just sat. Oh my frozen God. For long moments, watching the twitching of her limbs as she tried to wrench herself out of the cage her body made. Then it struck me. I could type. Can you type your address? The message pinged its arrival on her computer, our first real communication. She shook her head almost imperceptibly, with a slight range of motion her, her position allowed. I tried again. Can you type with your nose? Her eyes flickered across the page as she read my words. With great effort, she rocked herself over, landing face first on the keyboard. She typed. My heart pounding, I said, try again. I watched as she managed to prop herself precariously on one shoulder. Her body was convulsing with the force of her sobs. Eventually, she leaned forward carefully, delicately, and pressed the tip of her nose to the keys. Three. Yes, that was it. That's great, I said. Give me another number. We traded for long, suspenseful, suspenseful minutes, her giving me one number or letter at a time, me writing them down and encouraging her as best as I could. You're doing great. I'm here with you. Help is on the way. She'd cobbled together a number in a street. It had taken us nearly an hour to get to this point. She had just finished typing apartment 12 when she stopped, trembling with the effort of keeping herself upright, and we met eyes again through the camera, Hers shining with pain 
and fear. And then she collapsed. She rolled out of sight, panicking. I sent her dozens of frantic messages. What city? What state? Stay with me. I'm here. Where are you? I need more. It became clear that no more was coming. Her sobs stilled. Her breath quieted. I searched the address and found every city in the country where the address she'd given me existed. I called every police station, every jurisdiction within range. It took a lot of explanation, but after hours of work, there was nothing I could do but sit and wait nervously by the phone and stare at the empty apartment framed within the laptop screen. All I could do was type, I'm here with you. You'll be safe. This will be over soon. You're not alone. The ringing of the phone nearly sent me out of my skin. It was one in the morning. Did you find her? I asked desperately, scanning the scene for any sight of activity. Tell me she's all right. The voice on the other end of the line sighed. Deep sigh of sadness or frustration, I couldn't say. We found her, he said, his words gentle but guarded. Stuck in that position as you described. She's... She's not okay. She died of dehydration. Oh? She... We... What? No, that's not possible. I just spoke to her. I don't know what you saw, son. I truly don't. But the girl we found has been dead for a month. No. No. Oh my god, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. Oh my god. Oh, I, can't, I can't even, I'm just like staring off. I did. Can you even? And how long was he? It was about a month that he was on this. So the whole time he was watching her, she was already dead. Yeah. But she was responding to him. She knew his name. And she was there making... But Smith is also very common. But... And she gave him the actual address. Yeah. Unless... So, so then, like, in his... in his um, What the fuck? In his uh, chat history on YouTube would be her responses. Yeah. It would show the day and time, like, what the fuck? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I am... (laughs) They could say that, like, someone else was typing and it was pre-recorded and it was just fucking with him. This is reminding me of Two Girls, One Ghost because they're reading stories and then reacting to them in the moment. And it's like... Yeah. I I just... I That is the most... The fact that it was actually her address. Yeah. It was actually her address. And he found... And she was stuck in that position. Just in, just also like in her place for a month and no one knew she was missing. And he had obviously been watching stuff like more recently than a month ago. Is what it sounded like. Could have been a ghost. Well, yeah, she was a ghost. But I'm saying like he, he was, she was engaging with him as a dead person ghost on youtube yeah to be found i'm a get obviously she's already gone so it's like someone needs to find me like maybe if i can stream because one of the things in all my podcasts of ghosts that i listen to (laughs) um that like one of the quote-unquote easier things for ghosts to manipulate in a tangible real world is technology that's why you hear of like children's toys going off or like radios or like lights electric yeah electronics uh, what is that movie the uh um not the exorcist. Oh, um, um, um. Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like stuff like that where 
it, it's one of their first entry level things that like spirits can engage with us in our real tangible world is with electronics. And so <sighs> what? Okay. All right. Let me that look. actually legit scared me. Like I have full body chills. Yeah. 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 I am. Okay. Shook it. Okay, guys. Here's story. Our last story. Wait, our story also, also number you're, two. You're a really, really good storyteller. <gasps> like you. the tone of voice, the pacing. Like I'm. I was like all the I way. I tried. In it's it. mostly a cold read. I'm, I'm enthralled. Okay. Good. I'm enthralled. Okay. Um. Maybe. Maybe if you're already listening, maybe it's already happening. But uh, like maybe we can get like sounds of crying. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be so cool. Okay. Mm. Next story is called. Something walks whistling past my house every night at 3.03. Every night, no matter the weather, something walks down our street whistling softly. You can only hear it if you're in the living room or the kitchen when they walk by, and it's always it always starts exactly at 3.03. The sounds it starts the sound starts faint somewhere near the beginning of the lane near the Carson place. We're towards the middle of the street, so the whistling moves past us before fading away in the direction of the cul-de-sac. When I was younger, my sister and I would sneak into the kitchen some nights to listen. Mom and Dad didn't like that we were, that we'd catch hell, and we'd catch hell if they found us there. This is like years. This has been happening for years. Yeah. Um, But they were never too hard on us since we always stuck to the one big rule. Don't try to look at whatever was whistling. Their parents told them that? Mm -hmm. My neighborhood is a funny place. I've lived here since I was six, and I love it. The houses are small but well-kept. Good-sized yards, plenty of places to roam. There are a lot of other kids here my age. I turned 13 back in October. We grew up together and would always play four-square in the cul-de-sac or roam around the back porch to, uh, from back porch to back porch in the summer. There was a good place. This was a good place to grow up. I'm old enough to see it. And there's only two strange things here. The night whistling and the good luck. The whistling never bothered me much. Like I said, I couldn't even hear it from my bedroom, but mom and dad don't like talking about it, so I've stopped asking questions. (laughs) My dad is a strong guy, tall and calm. He has an accent since he moved to the U.S. as a kid. His family, my grandparents, they're from from the islands. That's what they call it. My dad, the only... My dad, the only time he isn't so calm is if the whistler comes up. He talks a little quieter, quicker then. (laughs) Eyes move faster, and he tells us not to think about it so much and to always remember the one rule, the big rule. Don't try to look outside when the whistler goes past. Not that we could even... If, if we wanted. See, there are shutters on the inside of every window, thick pieces of heavy canvas that pull down from the top and latch to the bottom of the window frame. Every latch even has a small lock about the size of what you'd find on a diary. Why would those be there? My dad locks those <laughs> shutters every night before we all go to bed and keeps the key in his room. My mom. I don't know what she thinks about the whistling. I've seen her out in the living room before at 3.03 when the sound starts. I could see... Her, if I cracked my door open just an inch to peek. She's not out there often. At least, I haven't caught her much. But once or twice a month, I think she sits out there on her big red couch just listening. The whistler has the same tune every night. It's cheerful. Da-da-da-da-da-da-dum. 
da 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 dum Remember how I said there are two odd things about where I live? Well, besides our night whistler, everyone in my neighborhood is really lucky. It's hard to explain, and, and Dad doesn't like us talking about this part either. But good things just seem to happen to people around here a lot. Oh, that's worth it. Usually it's small things like winning a radio contest, getting an unexpected promotion at work, or finding some arrowheads buried in the yard, you know, the authentic kind. The weather is pretty good and there's no crime and everybody's gardens bloom extra bright in the fall. A million little blessings, I've heard my mom say about living here. But the main reason we stay here, why we moved here in the first place, is my sister Nola. She was born very sick, something with her lungs. We couldn't even bring her home when she was born, only visited her in the hospital. She was so small, I remember. Small even compared to the other babies. A machine had to breathe for her. We moved into our house here to be closer to the hospital. As soon as we moved here, Nola started getting better. The doctors couldn't figure it out. They chalked it up to whatever they were doing, but we all could tell that they were confused. Because I was going to say, why have her parents stayed there that long if they know, like, don't look at this thing and don't... But my parents knew. Even I knew. Nola getting better was just another of the million little blessings we got for living in our neighborhood. So that's why we stayed, even after we found out that for every small miracle that happens here every day, now and then, some bad things happen. But they only happen if you look for the whistler. See, our neighborhood has a welcoming committee. They show up with macaroni casserole and a gift basket and a manila folder whenever someone new moves in. They're very friendly. Four people showed up when we moved in seven years ago. The committee made small talk, gave me a Snickers bar, and took turns holding Nola. It was her first week out of the hospital, so they were extra careful. Then the committee asked to speak to my parents in private, so I was sent to my room where I still managed to hear ev nearly every word. The welcoming committee told my parents about how s nice the neighborhood was, really exceptionally hard to explain kind of nice. And then they told my parents about the even harder to explain whistling that happened every morning at 3.03 and ended at the tick of 3.05. The group, our new neighbors, warned my parents that the whistling was quiet, would never harm or hurt us as long as we didn't look for what was making the sound. Jesus Christ. This is a TV show. This part they stressed as I pushed my ear into the door straining to hear them. People who went looking for the whistler had their luck change, sometimes tragically. A black cloud would hang over anyone that looked. Anything that could go wrong would. The manila envelope the committee brought over contained newspaper clippings, no. stories about car crashes and ruined lives, public deaths and freak accidents. Not everyone dies, I heard the head of the committee tell my dad. But the life goes out of them. Even if they live, there's no light in them ever again. No presence. My mom, I could tell. She wasn't taking it seriously. She kept asking if this was some prank they play on the new neighbors. At one point, my mom got angry, accused the committee of trying to scare them out of their new home, asked if they were racist on account of my dad being from the islands. My dad calmed her down, told her he could tell our new neighbors were sincere and they, could, they were just trying to help us. He explained that he grew up hearing these kinds of stories from his mom and that he knew that there were strange things mm. that walked among us. 
Some of those strange things were good, and some were bad. But most were just different. After the committee left, Dad went out to the hardware store, bought the canvas blinds, the latches, and the locks, and installed them on every window in the house after dinner. The first night in our new house, I crept out of my room at 3 a.m., only to find my dad awake sitting on the living room couch holding my baby sister. God, he took that seriously. My dad held up his finger in a shh motion, but patted the couch next to him. I sat and we waited. At exactly 3.03, we heard the whistling. Da-da, da-da-da-da-dum. Da-da, da-da-da-da-dum. It came and it went, just like our neighbors said. The whistling returns each night and we never look and we, and we enjoy our million little blessings every day. Nola breathes on her own and she's grown into a strong, clever girl. My dad even joined the welcoming committee. We don't get new neighbors often. I mean, who would want to leave? But when a new family moves in, my dad and the committee bring them macaroni casserole, a gift basket, and the manila folder. I can always tell by the look on my dad's face when he comes back if the family took the committee seriously or if we'd be getting new neighbors again very soon. Not long ago, a family moved in directly next to us. The previous owner, Miss Maddie, passed away at the age of 105. Uh, she'd lived a good long life. Our new neighbors seemed like they'd fit in just fine. They believed the welcoming committee, took my dad's advice about locking the shutters since they had a young child of their own. Whatever newspaper clippings were in that manila folder, whatever evidence, my dad never let us see. But I imagine it must have been awfully convincing since our neighbors got along with no issues for the first month. One night, when our new neighbors had to leave town, they sent their son Holden to stay with us. He was 12, a year under me in school. I didn't know him well before that night, but as soon as his parents dropped him off after dinner, I can tell it was gonna be a bad time. Do you know who was always out there whistling every night? Holden asked the moment the adults left the room. The three of us were sitting in the den, some Disney movie playing idly on the television. My sister and I exchanged a glance. You don't talk about that, I said. I think it's the weirdo that lives in the big yellow house on the corner, Holden said. Mr. Tolls? My sister asked. No way, he's really nice. Holden shrugged. Must be a psycho killer then. Nola tensed. We don't talk about it, I repeated. Let's go in my room and play Nintendo. We spent the next few hours playing games, eating popcorn, and then watching movies. A typical sleepover, but I could see Holden was getting antsy. After my parents had wished us a good night, locked the blinds, and gone to bed, Holden stood up from his beanbag and walked over to where Nola and I were sitting on my bed. Have you ever even tried looking? He asked. It's nearly time. Oof. Like most sleepovers, we conveniently ignored any suggestion of a bedtime. I was shocked to see if he was right. I was shocked to see he was right. It was almost 3 a.m. I sighed. We don't... See, I can't... I can't even try to look because my dad locks the blinds every night and hides the key, he continued, ignoring me. So it is our dad, said Nola. No, replied Holden. No, he doesn't. You saw him do it, I said, a little sharper than I meant to sound. Holden grinned. Your dad locks the blinds, yeah, but he doesn't hide the key. He keeps it right on his normal keychain. So, I asked, worried I already knew what he would say next. 
because I had noticed that my dad didn't bother hiding the key anymore after all these years, because he knew we took it seriously. So, after your dad locked up before your parents went to bed, I went to the bathroom, and on my way, I may have peeked into their room, and I may have seen your dad's keychain on his nightstand, and I maybe went and borrowed the key to the blinds. No. Nolan, I stared at his grin, only growing wider. You're lying, he said. Holden shrugged. You can check if you want. Just open your parents' door and look, and you'll see his keychain right there on the nightstand. Stay there, I told both of them, and don't move muscle. I hurried over to my parents' room, but hesitated at the door. If Holden wasn't lying, my dad would be angry. Beyond angry. I was scared thinking about it, but more scared of an open window with the whistler right outside. I opened the door barely an inch and looked in, but it was too dark to see. Taking a deep breath, I walked into the room. Two steps into the dark, I froze. The whistling started, and I could hear it clearly from my parents' room. I never realized, but they must have heard this sound every night since we moved into the house. They never told us. I don't think I could have slept through it. So I stood there, listening to the whistling coming closer, unsure whether I should turn on a light or call, or call out for my dad. Soft sounds from the living room brought me back to reality. Nola, I yelled, running out of my parents' room. Holden and Nola were standing near the front door next to the window. Holden wasn't lying. I can see him fumbling with the lock on one of the blinds. I heard a click. He did have the key. Holden let out a quick laugh. Nola stood out to him, stood next to him, hunched up, afraid, but maybe curious. The whistling was right outside our house. I think I made a sound, called out, I can't remember. Time felt frozen, clock hands nailed to the face, but I found myself moving. I'm not fast, I've never been athletic. Somehow though, I covered the space between myself and Nola in a moment. My eyes were locked on her, but I heard Holden pull the blind all the way down so it could release. I heard the snap of it start to raise and I heard the whistling just outside of the window. But I had my arms around Nola and I turned us so she was facing away from the window. At the same time, I jammed my eyes shut. The blind whipped open. The whistling stopped. I felt Nola shaking in my arms. Don't look, okay? I told her. Don't turn around. We were positioned so that she was facing back towards the hallway and I was facing the window. My eyes were still closed. I felt her nod into my shoulder. I reached out with my arm, not holding Nola, and tried to touch Holden. My hand brushed against his arm. He was shaking worse than Nola. Holden? I asked. Silence. I reached past him gingerly, felt for the window, eyes still sealed shut. The glass was so cold against my fingertips, colder than it should have been for this time of year. I moved my hand up the window, searching for the string for the blind. The glass began to get warmer the further I reached, and there was a gentle hum feeding back into my fingertips. I tried not to think about what might be on the other side of the window. Finally, I touched the string and yanked the blinds shut. I opened my eyes. 
In the dim light leaking out from the kitchen, I could make out Holden, pale and small, staring at the now-closed window. Holden? I asked again. He turned towards me, and he screamed. Everything became a flurry of motion. Lights sparked to life in the hall, then the living room. My parents' footsteps thudded across the hardwood floor. I didn't turn to look back at them. My eyes were glued to Holden. He was pale, had bit his lips so hard there was a thin red line of blood running down his chin, and he'd wet himself. What happened? My dad asked from behind me. I managed to swivel away from Holden and look back. He looked. I said. I've never seen my dad scared before, but I saw it that night, in that moment. An old, ugly terror stitched on his face. A parent's fear. Just Holden? He mouthed to me. I nodded yes. My dad let out a breath. He looked so relieved I nearly expected him to cheer. Then he turned to Holden and my dad's face changed. I wondered if he'd felt bad for feeling good that Holden was the only one that looked. There was a knock at the door. We all froze. Holden whimpered. Don't answer it, my mom said. She stood at the threshold of the hall. I'd always thought she was a skeptic and just humored my dad about the windows and the whistler, but that night, we were all believers. I noticed that both of my parents held baseball bats they must have taken from their bedroom. The knock came again. A little louder next time, this time. Please don't open the door, Holden whispered. My dad walked over to him, hugging him close. We won't. My dad promised, still holding his bat. Nothing is coming in here tonight. This time, the knocking was loud enough to rattle the door. Holden screamed again, and Ola clutched her arms around my neck. My mom came over and knelt down next to us, wrapping my sister and me close. Call the police, my mom whispered to my dad. The knocking instantly stopped. My dad looked over his shoulder at us. Do you think... He was caught off by frantic knocking that trailed off to a polite tap, tap, tap. Police, something said from the other side of the door. The voice from outside sounded exactly like my mom, like a parrot repeating the words back to her. Police, call the police. No fucking... Police. My mom pulled us closer. Police, police, police. Please stop, I heard her whisper. I don't think calling them will help, my dad said. How will we know when we're the ones at the door? The knocking came back harder than before. The door shook, then it stopped. After a long moment, I heard the knocking again, but it was coming from our back door. Uh -uh. We all turned together towards the back door, but the knocking immediately returned to the front door. Front to back, back to front, loud, then quiet, then loud again. Suddenly... The sound was coming from both doors at once. Big, heavy blows like a sledgehammer. Then something started rapping against all of the windows in the house. And the walls. It was like we were living inside a drum with a dozen people trying to play at once. Or we were a turtle and something was attempting to claw us out of our shell. Stop! Holden yelled. 
the knocking died. I won't tell, Holden said, stare, Holden said, staring at the door. I promise I won't tell anyone what I saw. Just please go away. We waited for nearly a minute. Then we heard it. A soft tap, tap, tap coming from the window Holden had looked through earlier. Holden started to cry, sobbing like a prisoner watching gallows being built outside their cell. My dad held him, brushed his hair, but never lied to him, never told him things would be okay. The tapping at the window went on for the rest of the night. We huddled together in the living room for I don't know how long. Eventually, my mom tried to take us kids into my room while my dad stayed to watch the door. But the second we moved into my bedroom, the knocking came back. So loud, it was possible to ignore. I was afraid the door wouldn't take it. We went back to the living room and the knocking stopped. Only the tap, tap, tap of the window remained. None of us slept that night. The tapping stopped stopped around 7 a.m., that's about the time the sun comes up here. Four hours. We waited another two hours before my dad opened the blinds from one window. He made us all go back to my parents' bedroom first. I heard him open the door, then come back in. Okay, he told us. <sighs> Holden's parents came back around lunchtime. My mom and dad walked Holden over to his house, and they all went inside for quite a while. Nola and I watched from the window. She stuck to me the whole day, right at my side, sometimes holding my hand. When my parents came back, they looked grim, but wouldn't tell us what they said to Holden's family. It was a Sunday, so we all spent the day together, ordered pizza, and watched movies. That night, everyone slept in my room. Nola and my mom in the bed with me, my dad in a chair he'd pulled over. There was no knocking that night, or any night since. We didn't see much of Holden or his parents for the rest of that week, but by Thursday, there was a moving truck in their driveway. Noah and I watched them packing up the whole afternoon after school. What sticks with me most is how tired Holden and his parents looked. All three had the same pallor, grim mouths, and, let, and lightless eyes. Even from across the street, I could tell something was very wrong. Holden and his family were gone before sunset. I remember what the original welcoming committee said to my parents when we moved in. Not everyone who looks at the Whistler dies, but even those that live have the light go out of them and the rest of their lives are full of misfortune. A million little tragedies. I think Holden's parents must have looked either to comfort him if they didn't believe or oh, share their burden if they did. I watched Nola some days, happy and young and alive, and I'd wonder if I'd been slower, if she'd look out the window that night would I have looked to? To comfort her? To share that burden? I'm glad I didn't have to find out. We still live in that house, in that neighborhood. We still hear our whistler walking past every night. The blessings, the luck, the good things here are too good to leave. But we're careful. We don't have friends over to spend the night anymore, and my dad hides the key to the blinds very, very well. Not that I've gone looking. Some things you just don't need to look for. Oh my god. Honestly, that sounds like an entire movie and show, and I <laughs> I am this is like the some of the best story. Aren't they good? They're so well written. They're so well written. I yeah. can't believe a 13-year-old wrote that. Well, 
I think she was 13 at the time. Like, oh, by the time oh, the story, she was oh. like, yeah. I'm just like, first of all, what neighborhood is this? Where is no, it? Because she's older now because she's like, you know, we still live there. And... Mm. But yeah. where, I'm wondering, like, where in the country this is. And also, mm. like, I thought I was really hoping they'd, they'd have, like, done a follow-up on Holden, like, tracked him down. I know. Scared, scared me. Okay, if you guys aren't watching our YouTube, oh, um, the oh. candle and the skull behind me just fell over for no reason. Oh my okay. fucking god! <gasps> oh my god! Did you look at a whistler, <laughs> dude? This, I am just like, if that shit falls over again, I'm gonna like walk out of the room. <laughs> I can't. I really fucking can't. I'm just like. There are obviously things, like we'd be so naive and ignorant to think that um, we understand everything and that we are all that exists in the universe. Not even talking aliens, but like paranormal. I have experienced enough stuff personally to completely believe in this, but you know, you can't like expect other people to just because you do, but it's like, there's so much shit out there that we don't know and we can't explain even, <laughs> I don't know if I've told you this, but the girl, so one of my friends uh, was over, she has a three-year-old and she had her three-year-old over at my place too. We were all there and I was playing hide, playing hide and seek with this little three-year-old, but there's, my place is small. So there's like only a few places to hide and there's like a little closet nook that's like built into my mm -hmm. apartment. Um, I keep my hamper in there and like coats and stuff. And it's perfect size, like she would like, she was in there and then I would like open the door and she'd be like, get in here with me and I'd, like get in there. And then, mm. um, and I've lived in this building now like five years. It's really old, it's like a hundred years old and it's renovated. Um, and obviously like some shit's gone down. I mean, it's an old hotel. Oh, it used to be an old hotel in old Hollywood. Elizabeth Taylor stayed there. Like it's, it's mm -hmm. got a lot of history. Mm -hmm. And since I've lived there, like there's been some like, like a Some guy shit. jumped off the 12th floor and committed suicide. And that was like years ago, um, like four, four or five years ago. But yeah, I'm like, I'm a building that old doesn't not have. It's skeletons. It's, yeah. Um, and so we're like playing hide and seek. And I'm like, it's a small little space, not really hide and seek. She's just sitting in the closet. And then I just open it and like, hey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, her mom and I were standing there and Summer, the little girl, like you know she's getting climbing out of that little closet nook at one point and she just like turns back and goes hi no and i was like uh, i'm like what and she wasn't scared or anything she was like hi smiles and i look at naila my friend and, and naila's like oh god she's like she when i was little i saw things like i saw she's saying this naila the yeah. mom my oh, friend oh, right. my friend naila she's like yeah i when i was little i i saw I don't know if she said ghosts, but like spirit, I saw things. Like I could visually see things. And and Summer has it too. Like she's really sensitive <gasps> and she can like see beings or spirits or whatever. And like, she's like, I know she's the same way. And she sometimes like, she's had experiences like that with her daughter and she had them as a little girl and her daughter as well. And um, the way Summer was with it was like, she it was not like a scary spirit or like a scare anything and I'm like I fully believe in those things for sure I had at that point I had lived in this building four years this was like a year ago and I was like I'm I didn't get any weird vibes in my apartment I love my apartment I still do um and I was like I wonder if there's just like a nice spirit 
yeah. in that little nook. Like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. And for the whole time I had lived there, that door to that little closet, it wouldn't ever fully close tightly. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you this? Mm-mm. Okay. It would like never fully. the place you live now. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. <gasps> it would not fully close. Like, it would just barely, it was never fully tight. And it was annoying because I was just like, yeah. So after this happened, I was like, I wonder if there's like a, a nice, and I am not reckless with it. I've had Ouija board experiences that shook my world. I've had visitation dreams. I've had like, I believe fully in this stuff. So I, in the meantime, I said like, I spoke to my my grandma. I know is with me like all the time. She's like an whatever angel of my, like she's just stays with me. Mm-hmm. And I like spoke to whatever my spirit guides, angels, whatever, cause I, whether yeah. it's superstition or spiritual beliefs, I'm like, this is, I, said what I need to say, like, protect, you know, protect my space. I don't welcome any negative, any, like, harm that's being wished, blah, 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 whatever I said. And then I was like, if this is, like, a just peaceful, like, no harm meaning spirit, I wonder if I can talk to them. And I said, it was like, I'm, like, laughing at myself, but I was like, I don't know if, if anyone's here, if you're here, but... If you if you like live in there, can you please make this door close because I it's so annoying. Like I just want it to close tightly. Alyssa, I kid you not. I, I had lived there four years, and it pops out every time I try to, I push it, and it pops out. And I waited a couple seconds, and I pushed it in. Never once has it ever popped out again. <gasps> <laughs> Never once. And that was a year ago. And every single time I close it, it stays closed. And I have also said, and after that, I was like, fuck. And so I've like also, I don't like ask for things or whatever, but I've like, if I'm listening to that podcast, Two Girls, One Ghost, that I was telling you about, and I'm like, I'm in a spooked mode and I'm just like, and then I'm going to bed. Like, I will, I'll be like, I do not want, and I've never had any negative feelings, no, no fear, nothing like that there. But because I believe in these things and because that happened, I'm like, I don't want any weird experience. This is if I'm like spooked out and going to bed. Like I just watched a scary something and I'm like, I don't want, I just want to sleep in peace. I want to be protected. I don't want to see, I don't want to be, I don't want to interact with anything else. Like I I say those things like out loud in my apartment because I'm like, I live in an old building and this little three-year-old said hi to someone in my fucking closet. And after I asked for the closet to close, it closes. But also, but this is really weird. I really feel I, I feel like if there's something or someone there that they like are protective of me, I feel safe. Like I don't feel creeped out. I don't yeah. feel like there's any, even like a prankster, like none of that, yeah. none of that. And I, I feel like it's like a fun. Remote. It has a bond with me or if there's anything there. Have you ever, you never watched like Buffy or Angel, right? No, and I want to start Buffy. What's that on? Because I want to watch it from uh, the beginning. H- uh, Hulu. Oh, I don't have Hulu. That's it. Well, um, I'm trying to think of anywhere else. Well, I, you might, I think you love both. Um, Angel, there's this, one of my favorite episodes of Angel, which is a spinoff of Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, which if you like Buffy, you like Angel too. Um, where one of the characters, Cordelia, because uh, Buffy's set in like a Southern California town, Sunnydale. Mm. Um, but Angel's set in Los Angeles. Um, and Cordelia, one of the characters, gets a new apartment in L.A. somewhere. Look, I think it's like, it looks, looks like Los Feliz or mm-hmm. like Silver Lake to me. Um, she gets a little, like, it, and it's like amazing apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, what's the catch? It's like everything. It's like right. in her budget. It's a beautiful apartment. 
and she finds that it's haunted by a ghost, which is not common in like this mm-hmm. Buffy and Angel where supernatural things happen all the time. But there's like a I won't I won't spoil like the thing, but ends up being uh I mean, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. I don't want to say like how he died, but basically ends up being like a good ghost. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. A, um and for the rest of the series, and that's like season one, for the rest of the series, like her roommate is this ghost, mm-hmm. uh, Darren or Daryl. I, I can't date Dan. I, I forget something like that. Um, David. Yeah, I don't know. But um, it's so cute because she yeah. just like gets along with the this, yeah. uh, like, you know, he will put on her candles for her and like <laughs> run her the bath. Oh my gosh. And like will be there for her when she's crying after a breakup. Yeah. Like, but it's you don't see anybody. It's just yeah, like yeah. A, an invisible presence. presence that like will turn a light on or something. Yeah. You might have see, that. I might. And the thing is, like, I as because maybe not as much as, but because I believe in these things, like, I just don't know if emotionally I could handle seeing something. Yeah. The maybe, and this is only a maybe, if it was a loved one, like mm. I have in a dream, but if I'm like in my conscious state, like people write into this two girls, one ghost, where like the middle of the day, like something happens. Yeah. I don't know how I'd handle that. And I'm not confident that like, show yourself. I have, I have said like, I could see things in a, Dream and by dream, I don't mm-hmm. mean like a normal dream, I mean like a visitation dream. I could definitely handle and I welcome too. that. Yeah. yeah, I love those. I think that they're and you get an overwhelming sense of like this is and people that write in about stories of actually seeing in real life seeing something. If it's a loved one, it comes with a feeling of like you're at peace, you're okay, mm-hmm. you're not scared. But like you're talking about that friendly, like roommate ghost where like the bath is being run for her, or like mm-hmm. the candles are lit. Yeah, um. I don't know if something physical started to happen that like, <laughs> even if it was helpful, I'd be like, it's gonna turn at any moment. Like if you're able to light a fire in my apartment and light my candles. Yeah, only if I was like, cause in that, like she got the full like store because there was another evil ghost oh, afoot. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the perpetrator. Yeah, see if uh, I were like. Um, <sighs> so she knew the scope and knew that this, mm-hmm. that the, but like if you don't know anything about the ghost and they're doing something physical. Yeah. I know, I, I'm the same way. It's like, I've always been very welcoming to it. I've yeah. done, we're, we're, I'm from a really small town in Jersey where nothing happens. But what's popular in Jersey is weird New Jersey. Yeah. And I told you, like, yes. I, and I would go with, with you know, because I have a lot of friends then and now that, like, can't handle any spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, like, I've never, I'm like, I love spooky I love stuff. It. That's where I get my adrenaline. I don't like roller coasters or anything, but mm-hmm. I get my adrenaline from, like, yeah. scary things. Um, and I would do Weird New Jersey. And Weird New Jersey is, like, it's a ma- famous magazine that, like, lists all the scariest places. And Jersey is just supposed to be specifically just, like, spooked the east coast has the good ghost shit yeah i mean i'm sure you know what i'm sure it's out here too because of indigenous lands and stuff yeah 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 yeah. um but in doing weird new jersey i would go out literally in the middle of the night to cemeteries to weird stuff last year's um spooky episode right or it was our paranormal episode early early on with the cemetery yes that was weird oh Uh, yeah with the screaming that was that was a weird one and we all had the same experience and i think i talked about the uh, timmy you met timmy he was there i don't know if we ever i don't know if i when we went to halloween last year together yeah you did tell me okay yeah there's just so much stuff that i'm just like it's it's real so it's a matter of i think you do have to be conscious of like the one time i did a ouija board 
And that's a story. That's like a whole last story I'm not going to go into. And I will in another episode if we do this. Maybe yeah. I did. On I think you did. I think yeah. I did. I did. Um, yeah. So check out the Sixth Sense episode. I yes, think that's what six, it was called. Yes, yes. Um, but anyway, the guy who led that Ouija board experience at the time, he had done it before. And he took it so seriously. We were all giggly about it. Like, yeah. he, okay, he's being dramatic. But he literally, he said specific words before we started about, you know, we only welcome so-and-so and so and we are here for this reason and if you mean any harm you know the things you see in movies but like at the time I didn't have a lot of these experiences and so I wasn't taking it I believe in it but I also wasn't like mm. no we need to protect ourselves I was kind of just like giggly and I was in college yeah um and then after we finished our Ouija board situation there he which in which during that hour or two people had gotten up and left because they were so freaked out that they were <laughs> by the time we were done with that there were less of us sitting around the Ouija board and he closed it and he was like thank you like we're he did the whole thing like we are now closing the door we do not wish for you know and I'm yeah. like so I really believe in that kind of thing because I think these things are possible how often I don't know or how likely I don't know but it's yeah. possible and so I think there's a lot of like I have said like I said that to the possible spirit in my apartment I also have this feeling that like there's sometimes maybe it's not like I ever sitting there and I feel a presence, but I just mean ever since that happened. So maybe it's just in my head because Summer did that thing. But I'm like, I yeah. do think um, I and I've said I've said like if anyone is ever in my apartment, that means me harm or mm -hmm. like if I'm in danger, like you have my permission to like help me and show yourself and yeah. help me. I've said that and like I don't let people into my apartment uh, just off the cuff, but I'm just like, I, they, I don't know. They're I know. I mean, we talked about this, I think, with Chris. Oh, probably. About how I, I'm, I, because I never saw anything. Mm -hmm. I, I, there were some weird things. Don't get me wrong. There were some Your things that grandma. happened in Weird New Jersey. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that was a weird one. Yeah. But like doing Weird New Jersey, I've done so much stuff, but I've never actually like, there was only one experience and I've probably said on the podcast about like seeing lights and there was this whole thing with the, anyway, but my, and the friends that I with, they were shook up. I think they saw maybe more than I did. Mm -hmm. But like, I can't tell you how many things I went on in the middle. Abandoned warehouses, yeah. cemeteries, like at like 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. Ooh. Like I was, that was like my shit. And didn't really, mm -hmm. it was creepy, but like yeah. never saw anything. Yeah. So it's like, I get really frustrated. It's like, I can't believe I'm so open, but I haven't seen right. but anything. But not everybody is clairvoyant you don't always that's the see. thing and like sometimes i'll feel something but i don't know like you can explain that away to just yeah. your own yeah mind your imagination For and i've sure. always had a wild imagination have you ever had sleep paralysis never i have ryan has i have and it was like i had had it a few times one i remember like oh, feeling a little weight on the end of my bed like something was there but it, and then i heard all four feet hit the ground like <gasps> it was a cat and I heard the paws, all four feet land. Like I grew up with cats. I know what it sounds when they jump off a bed or a couch. And then they ran, and then it ran out of my room, although my doors were closed. I had a door to the bathroom and a door to the living room, and they were both closed. But I felt the weight on the end of my bed and I felt the weight come off. And I heard all four feet land and run away. And then I was able to move again. That was a long time ago. I don't like that. No, that was in another apartment. Um, but then the one I'm in now, a, um, a year and a half ago, I was having these like, it was it started happening. I was having sleep paralysis like almost every night for a while or frequently or like maybe not every night. It was like two or three times a week for like two weeks. And it was feeling terrifying. It was feeling um, mal intent. Like I was like, there's oh. something I'm not, I don't, feel, I feel like Malicious. something is, yeah, like 
intentionally doing this to me. It feels malicious. It feels like there's a presence there. Um, it's super cold, super dark feeling. I am terrified. And I was talking to my friend on the phone and telling him about it. And he grew up in like a very, very religious, spiritual, like, you know, spiritual and religious, but they, but no, they don't question these things. Like, this mm -hmm. is real. Mm -hmm. Um, and he isn't currently still religious like that, but he believes fully in these things. And he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to pray with you right now. Mm -hmm. And, and I know him to not be, he's not like, you know, your Christian friend that's like, let me pray with oh, you. He's not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I'm going to pray with you right now. And I was like, yes, please. And I'm not like that either. And I was like, please do. Yeah. And he did. He went through a whole thing on the phone with praying me. Praying is just manifestation. Yeah. And it's like, I've, mm -hmm. I, yeah, praying is... It's real because we're not the only ones here. Yeah. Whether or not you're attached it have to a to religion. Be to a god yeah, or exactly. gods. But yeah. Exactly. So he did that. And also at the, the same day, I had her read this thing about sleep paralysis where we're, you're, you're apparently supposed to. One thing that can help is if you put your shoes at the foot of your bed and um, face them... You know, like when you when you put your slippers at the foot of your mm -hmm. at the head of your bed or whatever, but they're ready for your feet to go in, like they're facing yeah, out. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. You're supposed to face them the other way and put them at the the head of your bed. Mm -hmm. And apparently, and this sounded super superstitious, but at this point, I was freaked the fuck out. This was a couple weeks of this mm -hmm. happening, and I was like terrified. And and it was like put them at the head of your bed, facing the other way. It will confuse the spirit or whatever to not know which end your head is on of the bed, and they can't. They won't. So when you say head of the bed, like behind, like behind um, you, like, like, well, my, like the head of the my, bed, like yeah, like the head out. of my bed is up against a wall. Like the my headboard yeah. is up against headboard, a wall. Yeah, but by my face, like to the side at my head. Oh god, I put that my area. slippers there, facing the opposite way. Like not yeah. as not. I couldn't just sit up and slip my feet in. I'd have to flip them around. But by my head instead of by the foot of the bed. And apparently, apparently, for whatever reason, like us, if a spirit is like trying to. Uh, reach you or they are confused they, there's a bed and then the, the feet your slippers are by your head they don't know which side your head is on and they can't I don't fucking know it sounded superstitious and crazy but I was also freaked out and so the same night I did that and I was on the phone with my friend and he like prayed with me about it and it stopped after that and it wow. never came back and I don't know, I don't know, but sleep paralysis is one of the, there's, I know there's Ugh. a lot of scientific reasons for yeah, why that yeah, happens yeah. too. But still, it's like, Ugh. well, this is what I think. This is what helps me. This is why I don't really get scared about, I mean, movies, it's like, this is just a fucking movie. Yeah. You know, if anything, it's like, like, hereditary, like, it's psychological. Yeah. It's like, there's images that stay with you. Yeah, yep. that could be shocking, but like, you know, it's fake and then there's actors. Like, I can, mm -hmm. I, I can always, like, it's not, it's never serious for me, but like, the real stuff, ghosts, like, I know, I, I believe in spirits, I believe in entities being mm -hmm. around, but I don't necessarily believe that they're malicious because mm -hmm. I do believe in, and this has been said before, I'm not making this up, like if there were actual ghosts with malintent, there'd be no more white people. <laughs> you're right. Like, imagine. Like, wow, you're right. I don't, you know, it, like... <laughs> well, I think there are ghosts with malintent, but I don't think all ghosts have malintent or... Or enough to... Un yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough. There, are, there aren't like, enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not... You can't say because they're a ghost and they're a spirit, they're bad. For yeah. sure not. Yeah. And I don't think that most are. It's just a matter of like, you know, it's scary when you see something that is inexplainable or hear something or experience something. Yeah. That's what scares us more than like, it's rare to have like a, a poltergeist or a spirit that's like actually trying to harm you. It happens. Definitely listen to Two Girls, One Ghost. <laughs> but 
yeah it's not the, it doesn't have to be that yeah like i i never i would never get scared of a ghost i mean unless physical start stuff started happening but i don't know i feel like no they'd have to do some stuff they're like but, but you know putting what? my light on for me be like what's up what about you? like a presence that or like you know an inexplainable like say you wake up in the middle of the night and you actually physically see a shadow oh, a ghost in something? the corner and they're not doing anything to you. They're not turning lights on. They're not hurting you. But their their presence there, you feel like an inexplicable dread, and you feel like darkness that overwhelms you. That's terrifying. I I can't imagine it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't exist. <laughs> I can't. I know exactly. I but I can't. So it's hard. It's like yeah. I want to think that like. You know, if I did have a, a negative feeling, it was just my fear of it and not based in actually like the the actual energy of that person and just my own fear of it or that ener that spirit. So um, do you think that there are negative entities or not even? Uh, uh yes, I do. I just think um I, I think they can only do so much. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. If like there were negative they can only do so much that I'm not scared of them. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, even if there were, I'm not, um, because I just feel like white <laughs> people I, wouldn't exist. I don't think, well, yeah, but also, like, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think it's common, but I also, the, I, I told you I'm obsessed with that podcast, and I'm telling you, like there's there some are, crazy shit. Yeah. I believe, I believe and, it. And it can affect people. People can die and people, and I don't know why or how common this is or how frequent this is, like probably not, but like there are people who have witnessed or experienced themselves like they've been, uh, tra they've been physically like pushed downstairs or tried to, or they know somebody who's like mm. actually died and they were, you know, uh, because of some type of possession which entered only because they were such, they were in such a negative place or like mm -hmm. there's some dark shit that can happen but I don't think it's like the norm I don't think it's super common yeah and yeah. I don't I agree with you like it's not like just because there's another spirit like a lot of times our fear is in our head too there's a combination mm -hmm. you can't separate that always yeah I mean again like I've seen like I watch a lot of ghost hunting stuff yeah. and like I guess those things can be faked but I've seen some like uh, you know violence happen mm -hmm. Um, and that I can't figure out and that I, I, I don't believe was a staged thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess anything's possible. I don't know. I, well, I then guess there's I, a difference of like, I just feel like I've been so inappropriate at sentiment. Like, I, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't, like, you know, I don't do anything yeah, fucking but, but weird there, but like still. A lot of people like, are still. super inappropriate. And then, but it, and that's like, okay, that might not, if something gets to, a spirit or a ghost that's like the, a personal thing yeah like not just a teenager being stupid in a cemetery mocking spirits yeah. like that yeah. might not really get to them but you don't know like why someone would attach like i don't know like if you themselves. what if you were uh what if you were into a friend's house and they're like yeah there's a whistler just by the way there's i wouldn't be... look and i the I old me like i think I, the old, I think <laughs> even even up to the college me i would have i think but because of what i've experienced since then i wouldn't and i'm i'm very much like I like to test things. I'm very mischievous and all of that. But because of what I've experienced since then, some things I won't fuck with. I, I'm scared that I feel like I would have looked. I, I think I would have. <laughs> my childhood, I think I would have. Or and... maybe not. I don't know. I, I still would have been like into it, but maybe not exactly looked. Yeah, yeah. 
I would have been tempted for sure. But I think like younger me probably would have fucked myself over. Well, anyway, let us know if you believe in ghosts um, and what your takes are. I mean, there's some things that cannot be explained. And cannot be undone. Follow us on Instagram at the SOS pod. Follow us on on YouTube, SOS Mine Alyssa, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts, you will find us. So rate and review us. It helps us reach more ghouls. (laughs) And we're on Patreon. So give us your money, little boys and girls, and we will (laughs) charm you with our bonus content, our exclusive merch, and the opportunities to choose our topics. And I want to do our normal sign-off, but because I am obsessed with two girls, oh. one ghost, and I keep mentioning it, mm-hmm. they do is they go, we'll see you. Oh, wait, first, I'm Molly Cottrell. I'm Melissa Rosano. And we'll see you on the other side. Yeah.